The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you need it. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. Good morning and welcome to the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm Joss Zamzo and today's show is going to be pre-recorded. So if you wanted to uh, to call or interact with the, the show, you're going to have to wait another week. But you could email your questions on Facebook or at Zamzo's.com and, and we will get back to you. But today's show is about soils, soil amendments, compost, and I have a couple of great guests with me today that I'm excited uh, uh, to, to get into this uh, concept. First, I have Chris Owings, who's one of our resident experts at Zamzos, as well as my good friend Mike Bacurdio, who is the owner and CEO of Timber Creek Recycling. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Good morning. So, Mike, let's start off. Uh, with talking, if people aren't familiar with Timber Creek Recycling, as soon as they, they hear this show, they're going to uh, start seeing your trucks driving around and whatnot. So let's talk about what Timber Creek is all about. So Timber Creek Recycling is a, a recycling company that focuses on engineering waste to its highest and best use. And we really focus on creating sustainability within the community through recycling. And we recycle about 400 million pounds a year. Um, in various materials such as uh, concrete, construction wood, um, compostables such as wood and leaves and different type of industrial waste that uh, can be recycled such as like different types of food waste. Right, right. right. So you, and are you, uh, are people bringing this stuff to you? Are you picking it up at the landfills? I mean... Yeah, so we have different locations, some at the landfills and uh, some they bring to our two sites, one in Nampa and one in Meridian. And uh, but we also offer services to where we go collect the materials, and we partner with different uh, waste collection uh, people, such as uh, Republic Services and Harden, and different uh, customers like that. And so, uh, one of your places is out south of town, uh, between like Nampa and Cuna, out there, uh, and then you have a brand new facility. That's kind of over by the sugar beet factory. That's you there, right? Yes, we're very excited to get Nampa open, and uh, we're on the corner of uh, Northside and Cherry, and uh, it's going to be a, a, a really a facility that's going to be have high capabilities for high capacity materials, as well as offer, you know, um, people to drop off stuff as well as collect stuff that they kind of had recycled and been a part of the process. Right, right. So, so there's a uh, p- people that aren't familiar with composting. It's a, it's a lot different from manure, and and uh, and I think maybe maybe let's just let's let's start there. So people, uh, all, a lot over the years, many many customers have come in saying, you know, I'm looking for 
uh, some manure. Uh, and then after you get to talking to them, they realize that, that they probably want compost. But 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 let's let's go there. I mean, you, you also your family is in the dairy business, so you know manure better than <laughs> than most. What's the difference, Mike? Well, I think that started from, you know, the farmers that were here many, many years ago, and they were developing soils out of sagebrush and, you know, trying to find amendments to put in there, and that was one of the things they had. Right. So um, they started off with just dumping a ton of manure on it, and that helped improve the soil. Um, and then as generations get older, they figure out better ways to improve those different uh, ways to improve those soils. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there are many different ways of, of differences between composted manure and then uh, regular manure. And uh, it's really the stability of the, the product and how quick it, it makes things available for the plant's uptake of nutrients. Right, and, then I, and I think to the, to the really basic, to the layman, manure comes right out of the back of the animal and <laughs> plops on the ground. <laughs> Compost has been processed, it's been cooked in effect, we're mixing it with things, and yeah. there's a natural process that's going on here where there's bacteria actually breaking it into something. Correct, correct. So w what our composting process is, is uh, we take, make sure the CN ratio, carbon to nitrogen ratio is right, and then um, we get the moisture content to where it meets about a 60% moisture content, mm -hmm. and um, then we take that and we, we turn it to make sure there's plenty of air in it, and that breaks down that material over 90 days, and it has a temperature of 131 to 160 degrees towards breaking all those things down. Those bugs are eating each other and, and really breaking that material down to where it's a usable product. So now I don't think people, uh, when, when you say turn, uh, if you haven't seen uh, what, a, what an industrial compost, I mean, we're talking about giant, rows like the length of a football field right mm -hmm. that that are what three or four feet round they're actually about <clears throat> uh six to eight feet tall oh. and by about uh, about 12 to 15 wide okay so they're... 12 to 15 wide <laughs> yeah. so this is a giant windrow of manure mixed mm -hmm. with other things Strong. and then and then, so what what does the turner look like it's this massive big spaceship looking machine that has this big auger in the middle of it and uh, it goes through and, and turns that and flips it over and really puts air in the soil. But it's a, it's a big giant machine that, that is, uh, has a big, like I said, a big um, cylinder looking thing mm -hmm. in the middle that, that flips the material up and puts air in it. So people that haven't composted in your backyard, if you, if you had a, a working compost in your backyard, what you would notice uh, uh, if things were working well, is that the temperature spikes and, and in, the, in the morning, especially this time of year, you'd see steam coming mm -hmm. off of it. And then if you didn't turn the pile, if you just left it there for a while, that, that temperature comes down as the biological activity is no longer active. And, and, then, and then in a backyard, you go out with a pitchfork. That's how fancy that is. <laughs> right. And you turn it. And then within, within half a day, the temperature comes right back up again, mm -hmm. so much so that they make giant composting thermometers that, that you can monitor. But that, that's kind of how you know when to turn it, right? That's exactly right. That's the exact 
thing we do is we we try and get that air in, and that's exactly what that pitchfork's doing is it's getting that air reincorporated into the pile, so those bugs can go back and and work on those materials. So so when when uh, when I teach composting to people, we always talk about balancing greens and browns, mm-hmm. and you talked about carbon to nitrogen ratio. That mm-hmm. it's the same thing, right? Exact same thing. Just right. Very very good terminology to use so people can visualize what it is. Right. And and so so uh, if you if you decided you were going to start composting and you made a big pile of grass clippings, they don't do much by themselves or a huge pile of leaves by themselves don't do anything. But if you mix them together, then you get magic. Exactly. And right. then you incorporate the moisture content and then along with the the air and that that's a pu- beautiful marriage really made in having to make that material. You know, so so. Down. In your, you're, you've got all this material coming in, you know, that people are recycling, and you're trying to make a working pile. This is really like a recipe almost. You, you're having to take some of this pile and mix it together with some manure and some other things to try to make it work. That's exactly right. And what we do is we try and focus on the end user. So if we have a golf course, their plant uptake or what the plants use is not geared towards like, you know, a lot of sulfur. Mm-hmm. So we don't really try and put, you know, um, materials that have a lot of sulfur in it with that material. A lot of nitrogen and, and organic matter, or, um, uh, microbiology, mm-hmm. a lot of the active microbiology, we try and put in that category because we know that that's what that grass wants. Okay. Okay, and then, so you actually have different formulas of compost depending on who your end customer is. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm learning some things, and and uh, and I I'm I'm really fascinated to uh, to see once you get your Nampa facility like fully up, and I've seen the the other one, uh, uh, and and we'll get into some of the other equipment out there because you've got some other kind of fun stuff that that uh, would make a good TikTok video just watching you <laughs> do stuff with that. But in the meantime, you're listening to a pre-recorded Zamzo's Garden Show, and and uh, and we're talking soils and compost with Chris Owings and Mike. McGurdio and uh, and we'll be back after this next break with the next segment we're going to get into a whole bunch of this you're listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI the Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI Hi, this is Josh Samzo. Now, are you tired of looking at a yellow lawn and ready to see some green out your window? Well, why not wake your lawn up early with Samzo's Lawn Food? We realize applying Samzo's biologically correct lawn food early won't raise the soil temperature nor the outside temperature, but applying Samzo's Lawn Food now will make sure that the moment the sun comes out and the soil and outdoor temperatures do start to rise, your lawn will start to grow and turn green weeks before your neighbor's does. You see, Dad wanted to invent the world's best lawn food, so he tinkered with the ingredients ingredients and tested it over and over until he found the right combination of ingredients that worked well in all types of Treasure Valley soils. Dad called this formula Zamzo's Lawn Food, and it's the same food you can buy right now, one bag at a time, or as part of our annual lawn program. So if you want a healthy green lawn instead of a yellow one, wake your lawn up early with Zamzo's Biologically Correct Lawn Food. 13 stores to serve you, including CUNA on Main Street across from the park. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show. Today's show is pre-recorded show about soils and compost and soil amendments. And, and I'm joined by Mike McGurdio from Timber Creek Recycling and Chris Owings, our local expert on everything plants and soils. Uh, and uh, and so if you have particular questions that you want to ask, you're not going to be able to call the show directly today, but you could email your questions uh, or, or message us on Facebook or, or email them at zamzos.com and we could get back to you later but but continuing on we were talking with mike about some of this equipment and his giant turner and uh but but that that big turner as fascinating as it is it still isn't my favorite piece of equipment that you have out there and and uh and you've got uh what what i would call a wood chipper on steroids tell tell us about your grinder mike this is one of the most fascinating machines on our place, and it was really developed right here in, in Caldwell, Idaho. Really? And uh, Diamond Z makes it, and it's a 1,050-horsepower grinder. A th- wait, a 1,000-plus <laughs> horsepower grinder, okay? <laughs> yes, and they were designed for hurricane cleanups, and they oh. ship all over the world. And um, so we're very fortunate to have it here, and, and uh, it grinds massive logs up, and, and really anything you want to throw in there, wood-related, organics-related, mm-hmm. it takes care of in, in great fashion. So, so from a composting standpoint, it's not that you couldn't compost a log in the pile if you just left it intact. It just would take forever. This speeds yeah. it up, right? It does, because what you're really trying to do is try and get that surface area mm-hmm. available to those microbes to start breaking down the carbon. Right. So it doesn't matter if even if it's old Christmas trees or whatever, they go through it. It it uh, it puts them through the old wood chipper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all I can hear that is is in the Fargo accent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, but but this giant chipper takes everything and kind of preps that part of it mm-hmm. and uh, and then and then you start the rows that's right that's right for the composting stuff and then the other part is we make mulch and stuff like that on that portion but yeah it's really about trying to get that size just right mm-hmm. to where it, it breaks it down but yet creates enough airspace mm-hmm. so it's a combination of the two okay all right so so I think one of the things that people that are are more familiar with composting, one of the things they worry about when when it's recycled plant material is they say, hey, you know, a lot of people are using uh, systemic pesticides and 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 there's persistent pesticides and and what if that's in this compost mm-hmm. uh, that I'm getting and 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 you know you understand their concern, especially if they're using it in gardens and so so tell me kind of what your experience is with that. So Idaho has a lot of uh, regulations that really protect the the farmers and ag for really making sure we can raise crops in a very efficient way, excuse me. And when that happens is that persistent herbicide ends up in the hands of gardeners and and you know people in town. Mm-hmm. So what we do is if we know um, a commercial um, recycle or a commercial uh, person that's taking care of like uh, your shrubs and mm-hmm. lawns, they typically are the ones using those persistent herbicides such as cropyrrolid. Yeah. And uh, so we know when that material comes in with those grass clippings, we put that in its own section. And we compost it down and put it to where it'll be used in a in a manner like um, fairways and yeah. golf courses to where they're going to use those pesticides anyway. You got it. You got right. it. So it's a safe place and a safe home for it to go when it's done. Okay, because because there's no there's no. Uh, I mean, I've heard rumors that the the composting process cooks it out, but it doesn't cook it all out. So this is how bad that stuff is. So if you take the, that that particular uh, persistent herbicide mm-hmm. is is if you take that and you put it on a pasture, the horse eats it, 
and it goes through the horse. The manure goes into our composting facility. That manure then goes <clears throat> through the process of composting for 90 days mm-hmm. at 130 to 160 degrees. Then that comes out, gets screened, put into your lawn, mm-hmm. and it'll kill that broadleaf um, within you know months. And right. so what we do is we do a cucumber test um, on some of these other materials just to make sure, like, did something slip through the cracks? It, it, we got right. something, an outlier out there that's getting mixed in that we can't see. So we do backup testing for some of the other stuff. Okay, so so if they if they came, you know, they buy compost out of a bin at Zamzos, and and they can be sure that 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 any of those persistent pesticides aren't in that material. You keep them separate. But you mentioned this cucumber test. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Why cucumbers? Like, what is what is a cucumber test? It is one of the most sensitive plants to that herbicide. Okay. So and it's most reactive to it. So it's really easy to spot it if it's in there. Okay. So that's what we do is we, we send it off to a lab. They do a grow test on it and uh, make sure, like, okay, do we have any hint of this coming? And uh, we just do spot test in the materials that we believe are safe because we can't control everything that goes into mm-hmm. those bins. Right. Um, but we, we want to have a backup plan on hand just to make sure we're doing our best we can to, to spot those things if something comes up. Okay, so so the people can rest assured that uh, that it's already, you know, the concern about if I put this in my garden, you know, what if there's something in it? You would have already mm-hmm. tested it with the most sensitive garden plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if it fails, then it goes to fairways yes. or golf courses. It doesn't qualify even if it's any kind of a, a level. So, so we're, we're sure that we don't have that stuff. Right, and so far we haven't had an issue with that. And when we do have an issue, it really flags us to say that there's something in our inbound feedstock that's changed. So chances are somebody's out there doing something that we don't know about that we need to investigate further. Okay. So it's really our first stop of where we check this stuff. And then, but you catch it before it ever goes yes. to a place where somebody would find it. They're not going to learn about it in the garden. No. You're going to find it in your supply chain, and then you could eliminate it. But but you've got a little back stock, so so you you it's not like uh it, you know it's right in and right out. Mm-hmm. You get piles of this stuff. Yeah, we have big stockpiles on hand just for the volumes that we have coming in and out. And for those just in case, so if we do have something bad, we have a backup plan so we don't ship that material out. Right. But I also think it's really cool if if a community has an organization to partner with like Timber Creek that can take all of this material that would just be filling up the landfill – and and you know for no good reason uh it gets it gets turned back into something that our soils really need as long as they've got a partner that's protecting them on some of this other stuff this is a great partnership it really is and the community members have been great idaho has great values toward they you know many many people have the the values of you know being good stewards of the land mm-hmm. and taking care of the land and um so it's been really easy to work with people that really truly care what goes into our our feedstock so so I think uh, this is a great time to kind of transition so so we understand that some of the basics about compost and whatever but but let's just talk about our soils Chris our uh, are what people call topsoil in this area and our soils why do we even need compost right well I'm sure everybody has dug a hole in the valley right and you, <laughs> you get your shovel in about two inches and then you just hit clay hard pan rock gravel I mean everything but dirt so that's why compost is so important we need something that will amend it help feed that you talked a lot about the biology of the soil that's that's so important because our soil has been farmed for so long a lot of that natural 
those live organisms, the beneficial bacteria and fungi are, are dead, and we need to reintroduce those somehow. And so, it, 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 in, at least in my family, the, this is just a constant process. I mean, we're almost never done adding compost. We're putting it around trees. We're doing it in the lawns. We're, we're adding it to our garden beds, and, and, and you're never really finished, are you? Right. Yeah, but exactly compost right. is the key. Good quality compost is the key. Always is the key. So, oh, all right, well, we've got a lot to, to continue on here. We're, we still have to talk about how much to use, how to put it down, and, and a lot of other things like that. Uh, we're, we're doing a pre-recorded show today at the Zamzo's Garden Show, uh, and, and we're talking about soil amendments. So uh, when we get back, we'll get into how you can use a lot of these products and some things like that. You're listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and it's the second week of March. And even if March weather is unpredictable, spring is coming quicker than you think. So now's the time to start thinking about and planning what you need to clean up and prepare in your yard and garden. Zamzos can help with expert advice on pruning and when and how to apply dormant oil and copper fungicide to prevent insects and disease. Now's the time to start designing your garden so you can raise your own fresh produce, save money, and have delicious fruits and vegetables for pennies on the dollar. Our seeds for 2023 are in right now. And if you're starting seeds indoors, Zamzos has all the supplies you need, along with expert advice and even a free guide that tells you when and how to plant each type of crop. But don't wait too long. The first day of spring is officially March 20th. So come see us, because for 90 years, when it comes to helping folks get ready for spring, nobody knows like Zamzos. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Welcome back. You're listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show, and, and I'm with Chris Owings and Mike McGurdio from Timber Creek Recycling. We're talking about soil amendments and compost and all that. This is a pre-recorded show, so if you have questions, shoot us, shoot them to us on Facebook or at zamzos.com, and, and we'll get to it later because we're not going to be able to, to take any live calls. Uh, but, but, uh, but let's continue our discussion about how we can use compost and, and, and all the different possibilities. Who, you, Chris uh, shared with us in the last segment about how our, our soil, which is just a constant process of adding organic material and compost is a great way to do that. Uh, let, let's just talk about people are getting ready. They're thinking about their gardens and, and, uh, and their yards and landscaping and, and that kind of stuff. But, but Chris does something kind of interesting in his yard that, that I think is a fascinating concept. You, you call it what leaf litter lasagna or I don't yeah. know what, what, what exactly, but kind of describe what you do. Well, nice. Well, I mean, right now everybody wants to get out in their yards and clean it up, right? Everybody likes that real pristine look and mm-hmm. HOAs probably require it in a lot of neighborhoods, but. I look at all that leaf litter and all that, and I see gold, and so yeah. does Mike. And I don't want to give him all the gold, right? So I'm, <laughs> I want got enough gold. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's right. So I want to keep it for myself. So what I do is when I rake up the yard and all that, I put it all as a top dress in my flower beds around mm-hmm. the trees, shrubs, perennials, all of that. Rake it over there in the fall, and I leave it all winter. And then in the spring, I top dress that with compost. So visually, it's it's very appealing because all you see is the compost, but beneath that you have that layer of leaf litter 
that does a fantastic job at choking out the weeds in the spring and even throughout the season. It does a crazy good job at retaining moisture. I right. cut my water bill. I mean, a fraction, literally the shrub areas I'm watering once a week, and that's in July and August. So th- this, to me, to me, this is a really cool concept. I wish more people thought about their flower beds this way, uh, and and instead of bringing in bark mulch, uh, what we would do is in the spring we would cover the beds with compost. And how how deep are you doing it? You know, it's fairly shallow. By the time you spread it out through all of your shrub areas. Probably right when you do it, you're two inches thick. But by the mm-hmm. time the compost is, you know, kind of compressing it down, you're maybe a half inch. But it looks so dark and rich, and I mean, it's it gives that look that everybody's trying to get with bark mulch. But but uh, we're not talking about putting manure down right. in your flower beds, it, so it doesn't smell. We didn't talk about that. Good compost doesn't smell at all. No, not at all. Right. So. It doesn't, and one of the beautiful things is is that is one of, leaves are one of the fastest breaking down carbons you can put on that. So what a great concept! Yeah, yeah. So you, this is not going to be a, a deal where you you're in that flower bed next, uh, you know, August saying, "Oh, there's all this leaf stuff left." It really goes back into the soil and right back up into the trees to make new leaves. Exactly. I'd say by June. You can't so, identify anything. What's Mike going to do if he can't get any leaves at the recycling <laughs> plant? <laughs> Sorry about your leg. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a big pile to, to make him laugh. So so let's talk about other places. So that that would be in a flower bed. Instead of doing a traditional mulch, uh, you, you'd get some bulk compost and and the zamzo stores have that you can literally get it by the pickup truck and mm-hmm. and i and i and i know people uh almost everybody has a pickup in idaho but if you don't have a pickup at at our stores there's like a steady uh, flow of people they go over to u-haul and rent a truck for twenty dollars uh for for a day and and use that to bring compost uh, over and we load that right in the stores and bulk mike's mike's compost from timber creek mm-hmm. and then they go back to the yard and then how chris how are they spreading it you know are they shoveling it or are they bucketing it oh yeah yeah there's no wrong answer of course i love a wheelbarrow mm-hmm. you can fit you know i don't know how many five gallon buckets but it just cuts the labor down by quite a bit to shovel it out of the truck into a wheelbarrow and then dump piles randomly throughout the yard and then rake it down to about an inch to two inches right and we also we also offer a, a delivery if somebody wants a bigger volume you can have it dumped right on your driveway so there's a lot of different ways it's probably unless you have a really small place it's probably not practical to buy bagged compost and do it this way right. J- just just because of the volume we're talking about right bag of compost i recommend if you're doing a planting a new tree or something right. and you're amending that hole then you have enough right but otherwise right. i mean where this is a volume thing uh, we got to get some out there to make a difference. So, so let's talk about lawns. And uh, yesterday w- we were doing an internal training, and and one of our employees said, you know, my dad, uh, when I was growing up, would would rent some machine, and she said he would make these dirt turds all over the grass. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing? She asked. And and of course we laughed and and uh, because that's core aeration the the machine is driving along and taking these plugs of soil and and grass out and leaving these holes and the concept is that that you're theoretically putting some air in the soil but it's really temporary it's very temporary but yeah. my 
My, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. My, well, I, I, I've seen it on the golf course too, where people are using sand. What, what do you think, Chris? What's the best way to do it? You know, if, if we're going to do something better. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and talking about sand, that's probably the worst thing you can do. Golf courses aren't using a traditional sand by any means. But if you add sand to our clay soil, you basically create a riverbed bottom that's <laughs> never ever going to drain. Right. Right. That's what we're we're trying to combat. So the best thing if you pull those plugs out is to put something good back down in that hole. Compost is by far the easiest, my favorite, most effective. Mm-hmm. Humagreen would be another option. Right. Just get something beneficial back down in that and hole. And in those holes, you fill them up with something good instead of just, it's a lot of work to go do, to pull those cores and do all that stuff. And if you're going to do that, fill it with compost uh, uh, or, or something else like that, that that's going to actually amend the soil long term. So what about in a, in a garden or a, or a raised bed? Yeah, and those, I mean, you can have fun with it. We talk about making the lasagna. You could, so you rake all your leaves over there, create a layer, mow your lawn for the first time, get a layer of grass seed or grass clippings, Mm -hmm. and then put a layer of compost on the top or just do straight compost. Mm -hmm. It's great to top dress every year. It really is nice when you have the opportunity with those holes in the ground to really inject where those roots are at with that active biology, Mm -hmm. those nutrients, and the water holding capacity. I mean, it's such a great opportunity to lay that compost in. Right, it's a a huge waste if they don't. I mean, because those holes just fill right back up and and the long-term don't make, it's such a temporary fix, uh, whereas, if they were doing it every single year, I don't know how many years it would take, but I can tell you that that if you were doing that on a on a quasi regular basis, you're going to get to the place where the soil starts not needing that almost ever. I mean, you you might get to a place where you're doing it once a decade. If you know after doing it for a while, things are just going to really, I mean, the biology is going to change in that soil. You know, and that's mm-hmm. the other thing too. We got called to help soften a football field up. Yeah. And that was one of the ways they did it was they put the holes in and they filled it back in with compost to really soften up that field. Right. So so in the garden bed, uh, we're putting a couple inches deep, you think? Yeah, I think two inches a year is perfect. Every single year. Right? Yes. And at my grandfather, he would always put the garden to bed with that. So, so he would pull up all the dead leaf of uh, the dead vegetables and, and, and everything is raked flat. And then he would come over the top with a couple inches of compost and then he would go to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and then he wouldn't worry about it, you know, and he'd be down there. And, and, then, and then when he got ready to plant, he'd pull the rows. And but you could be adding it spring or fall, but, but it's one of those things that doesn't go away if you did it in the fall. So exactly. smart. That's exactly what farmers in Idaho do is right. they, they get it in the ground in the fall and then all those things are ready when those plants are in the spring right right so you're listening to a pre-recorded zamzo's garden show and we're talking about soils and soil amendments and compost and we've got one more segment we'll be back with you with more in a, in a few minutes you're listening to the zamzo's garden show on news talk kboi the zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk kboi Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, inviting you to the 26th Annual Boise Flower and Garden Show, March 24th to the 26th at Boise Center. Zamzos will be there with many of our biologically correct products. Plus, there will be spectacular indoor gardens and a bonsai display, wine tasting, live music, 
and of course, free classes all three days. This year, I'll be teaching a class called Taming Treasure Valley Soil, the key to beautiful yards and gardens. Then, my brother Joss is teaching a class called Hire Yourself Lawn Care, with tips and tricks for a healthy, beautiful yard. Then on Sunday, my dad Jim Zamzo will teach you all about bokashi, an ancient Japanese form of composting that produces amazing plant and soil food. All seminars are free with your paid admission to the Flower and Garden Show. And if you stop by any Zamzos, we'll give you a free coupon for $2 off. But whatever you do, don't miss the 26th Annual Boise Flower and Garden Show March 24th through the 26th, presented by IBL Events and sponsored by your friends right here at Zamzos. Welcome back to the last segment of the Zamzo's Garden Show. We're talking soils and, and soil amendments, topsoil and compost, and all the rest of that with Mike Mergurio from uh, Timber Creek Recycling and Chris Owings, our resident plant expert here at Zamzo's. This is a pre-recorded show, and, and so you really can't call us with your questions today, but you could uh, email them or message us on Facebook or at zamzos.com, and we can get back to you. Uh, so, so as we're talking about compost and and all the different ways that we can use compost uh not all compost is the same i think people are starting to to get that from from all the things that could go wrong uh what are, how would somebody know if if they had bad compost by by i mean if they if they bought a cheap bag of compost and they tore it open what, what would they see you know, like Chris was talking about, you know, if you see in things in the compost that aren't broken down, you know, that's a clear indicator. What do you mean, like a finger or a, <laughs> a leg bone or what? What like uh, what kind of things? Know. Yeah, <laughs> many things go into those things that you don't want to see. You know, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but uh, no, it's um, the odor is usually the first indicator. So if you grab a handful of that, and if it's not like dirt or you yeah. know it has a, a little twang to it, is okay. But if it has that like really you kind of curl your nose up a little bit that means the compost isn't quite cooked right and i i think this is funny this is a zamzo thing it, it may be a mcgurdio thing as well but uh but one of the first things we do if we're trying to decide if soil is good is get a handful and put it up and smell it right <laughs> right yeah. and and you know what what I, what i think is really interesting it people can trust their nose. I think this is cell memory or it's in our DNA that that if you smell a handful of dirt and it smells good, it is good. That's right. Right. And and however the supercomputer of our brain figures that out, uh, I don't know. But but if it smells bad, it is bad. Right. Right. Because there's some th certain things in there that that aren't broken down and ready for that plant to really absorb. It meant it's meant to be on top of the ground still and break down more as it leaches into the ground. Right. So you grab a handful of it and put it up to your nose and 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 give it give it a sniff test. That's what. The first a, and then the other thing we were joking about fingers, but but there are some <laughs> other things in compost that you wouldn't want, like big pieces of wood. Yeah, and and you know, like your oranges, apples, chunks of that stuff that you yeah. clearly it's going to create that odor, you know, and that's some of the things you're probably going to spot right away if it's not broken down all the way. And you know, wood especially if there's if there's a it's okay if there was a little bit in there, mm, sure. but but undigested wood before when we were talking about the carbon to nitrogen ratio, mm -hmm. uh, my dad always says the microbes sit at the table first. Mm -hmm. And they are they require a carbon to nitrogen ratio that's ideal. Mm -hmm. And if there's too much carbon in the form of chunks of wood, mm -hmm. it the, the the soil microbes and the process will take available nitrogen mm -hmm. to balance it before the plants get it. 
So, right. so too much undigested wood like that can actually create an environment where your, your plants in that soil struggle. And we see it on the farm all the time, like they'll put manure down and it'll stunt the crops for a few years. And what that's doing is it's stealing the nitrogen yeah. away from what they put down to help break that carbon down before it releases it back. It takes about, it can take up to 10 years to release some of that nitrogen. Right. And, and it's not that, it's not that uh, long term, you know, it wouldn't be that big a deal. However, uh, nobody is, is amending their garden in March thinking about, 2029's growing season, right? <laughs> We're doing it for this year, right? And and we may not even live in this house then, so we want it to work right away. So, what are some of the other things that that could happen in in poor, poorly composted material? Well, a lot of times um, when someone doesn't know what they're doing, they mix the material. They get a, that carbon ratio. They t put too much straw or sawdust right. in it. And those are hard to spot because when when it does break down, it can keep that dark look. Right. But it isn't that ratio that you want, and mm -hmm. you know you just think that you throw it in and it's me, and oh man, they right. turned yellow, and really it's that deficiency in nitrogen is what happens. And I think uh, if somebody if somebody said, well, I've got fresh uh, manure, you know, I I always shy away from fresh, you know, even if they did it wrong, if it's been in the pile for twenty years, yeah. it'll settle down, right? It's gonna it's gonna work it out, but it's it's where somebody offers you something for free that uh, that's not done. What about things like uh, I see a lot of times washed dairy? They talk about washed or 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 you know that kind of stuff. What are they What are they washing? They're probably trying to get rid of the salts. You know the the salts can be a, a real problem with um, you know your soils yeah. and and if you have a, a a soil that's not well drained, it's really going to magnify those salts issues. Right. So so you if you got. Uh, unwashed material or wasn't properly washed or whatever i mean you could add something to your soil trying to do good and actually cause yourself a couple of years of mm -hmm. problems uh you know that that uh, so so cheap compost it does the very opposite you, you almost be better off with none mm -hmm. so yeah. so yeah you really you really would because the last thing you want to do is magnify your issues going down the road for many years down the road you want something that solves the problem right away so uh, I know I, I've read that there are some, some concerns even with heavy metals mm -hmm. in, in some compost. So, so knowing where they come from, where, where would the metals come from? So many composters across the nation, they have a set of guidelines by DEQ, and they run right up to that ragged edge of what they'll allow and not allow. Right. And so, you know, you got to be real careful and have that trusted person who you trust to put what's going into your compost to really know, because over time, if you put that same compost in year after year after year, if you're not monitoring that soil like a farmer would, you're not going to know that buildup of those materials. Mm -hmm. So we we try and stay away from that as far as we can, and we really try and evaluate, is this material safe to come in? Yeah, it's allowable, mm -hmm. but do we want to even right. be even near that stuff? And the answer is no. Right, right. So, so it's kind of a grab bag mm -hmm. uh, you know if you're if, if somebody's free or if it's coming from some other place and you don't really know uh, I when I uh, early in my career I was doing some merchandising for a company that was making bagged compost mm -hmm. and one of the things that that we always saw was the first compost of the year those first bags of compost were really pretty good because that was the stuff that they finished with 
and, and there's and there's if you're not familiar, there's not a lot of demand for compost in October and December and January uh, 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 through the winter, and so that stuff was finished mm-hmm. and it looked really good, and the first bags were really nice material, mm-hmm. but as they demand picks up and they start hurrying to get it done, we found that compost that people started getting in bags in June and July, a lot of times wasn't done. So it started off really good. And and, and so with your compost, I mean, how do you ensure that it's finished? So we run a Sylveda test on all of our materials and we're checking CO2 and ammonia and we put it in two uh, vials and it takes four hours to run this test. And really, I can I can grab it and kind of tell just by mm-hmm. smelling it. But we still do it with those tests just to make sure that we've got it recorded, you know, line by line, so that it's really foolproof. Okay. And um, then we also run many many heavy metal tests. We run because again, we we have feedstocks coming in, and uh, you never know if someone's right. doing something they shouldn't be doing. Right. So we double check to ensure those things to make sure they never enter that that stream. So I have to tell you, the two of you have sold me. <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely convinced. Uh, this year I'm gonna get truck i'm going to fill the whole bed of my truck up with timber creek recycling uh compost that's available at, at the zamzo stores that have bulk and uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna be putting that in my flower beds and the gardens and on the lawn and i'm really excited about it. now we just need it to uh the weather to cooperate and for the sun to come out and we'll be ready to go yeah right so you've been listening to the zamzo's garden show and everything about compost and and soil amendments thank you so much to mike mcgurdio our guest and to chris owings our resident expert and we'll be back with you next time you're listening to the zamzo's garden show on news talk kboi hi this is joss zamzo now are you tired of looking at a yellow lawn and ready to see some green out your window well why not wake your lawn up early with zamzo's lawn food we realize applying zamzo's biologically correct lawn food early won't raise the soil temperature nor the outside temperature but applying zamzo's lawn food now will make sure that the moment the sun comes out and the soil and outdoor temperatures do start to rise your lawn will start to grow and turn green weeks before your neighbors does you see dad wanted to invent the world's best lawn food so he tinkered with the ingredients and tested it over and over until he found the right combination of ingredients that worked well in all types of Treasure Valley soils. Dad called this formula Zamzo's Lawn Food and it's the same food you can buy right now, one bag at a time, or as part of our annual lawn program. So if you want a healthy green lawn instead of a yellow one, wake your lawn up early with Zamzo's Biologically Correct Lawn Food. 13 stores to serve you including Cuna on Main Street across from the park. Nobody knows like Zamzo's.